Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And today we find ourselves in Revelation 6. We are on the sixth seal. Uh, when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And the kings of the earth, and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich and powerful, and everyone slave and free, hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? All right. That'll give you some nightmares. So, uh, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, Revelation can freak some people out, but this this one we finally get to, like, world falling apart type stuff. So, let's go ahead and dissect this one a little bit. If you've been following the podcast slash YouTube channel for some time, there already might be some themes that are feeding this, uh, but we'll do our best to talk as though this is kind of new on the table. What stands out to you guys in, in kind of the first first glimpse here? Um, the people that are hiding under the rocks to get crushed because they're scared of God. <laughs> That's the first thing that stands out to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Are they saying rocks crush us, or are they running in caves and asking the well, rocks they're running to like, in caves. caves hit then... themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us. Fall on us and hide us. Yeah, okay, so I don't know if they're saying, like, crush us. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I mean, you could maybe go I mean, what else off. do you do with a rock that falls on you? <laughs> well, if you're in a cave in a mountain and you're telling the rocks on the mountain to, like, fall. I mean, it could just be, like, it could fall, be like a cover, cover up the opening of the cave. Okay. Let's go so ahead and... Safe. That was my first impression anyways, but since you guys are more... Um, intense than me. Let's go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> That's one way to put it, yeah. Fall on us. Uh, okay, so... High places of Avon, sin of Israel shall be destroyed. Thorn and thistle shall grow up on their altars, and they shall say to the mountains, cover us, and the hills fall on us. That's Hosea 10.8. And Luke 22 quotes Hosea, and Revelation also goes for Hosea. So uh, when Jesus quotes this passage, he says, um, the days are coming when they will say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? I still think the fall on us for rocks was a weird way to put it. I mean, I know he's doing the whole blender, different passages, and then see what happens. Well, ish. I mean, Hosea and Jesus, quoting Hosea, are talking about the end of the world. And when I say end of the world, I mean like the start of a new creation. So we've already talked about this before. But for me, like, the Bible paints a picture in which the new creation is not the doing away of earth. It's like the renewal of the resurrection world for new creation. So heaven and earth becoming one and everything that is left standing redeemed. And this one is about an earthquake, right? And Jesus wrote to, um, uh, Jesus wrote to one of the churches in Revelation and said, you guys need to be like pillars, 
in, in the temple of God because one day everything's going to be shaken and you guys need to remain firm in the midst of that. So I think that paints a good picture of one day the end of the world is coming and God will shake everything and that which remains standing is more or less of him and good, you know, and everything else that's kind of broken off was uh, belonging with the old world that no longer needs to carry on into the new one. And in this particular case, that seems to include uh, some people because they are hiding, right? Uh, that when everything's shaken, there are these people who are scared. Um, and it's, it's kind of ironic. I, lo I love the phrase, the wrath of the lamb. <laughs> yeah. Hide us! There's a lamb! <laughs> <laughs> This is like this is like the equivalent of Monty Python and the Rabbit, you know, like yes! ah! <laughs> There we go. That's a there we just found our, our title for this video, I think. You know, you see a little rabbit, you're like, what am I gonna be scared of? <laughs> uh <Holy> hand grenade. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean it wouldn't work. It didn't work against him. They do go for the phrase of the wrath of the lamb, and they don't even go for wrath of the lion. When you think lion, you're thinking like mauling mm -hmm. or something but here it's like a lamb that's been slain for you what would the breath of the lamb like be in terms of an actual lamb chewing on you long enough like but what what has been the wrath of the lamb pictured as so far in metaphor so far the wrath of the lamb is conquering by death and mm -hmm. his Some words of judgment yeah yeah i was trying to think of Condemning, but like... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, a judgment scene, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's uh, conquering from the Jesus perspective has been shown as martyrdom, um, being faithful until death, being a living sacrifice, as Olivia just said. But then Jesus' wrath, pictured so far, has been his mouth as a sword. His pronouncements, his judgments can sustain or end that would be that's a weird picture to picture a sword coming out of a lamb's mouth it's already kind of weird to picture a lamb with seven horns walking around and <laughs> that's true but yeah i mean the wrath of the lamb like this is clearly pointing towards the day of the lord which is this long prophesied all throughout the bible everyone has always said God, if you are a God of justice, if you are the definition of justice, l l help us out here because this doesn't look just, you know. And God's response is, through the prophets, it's always been one day there will be a reckoning. There's a day of the Lord coming where he will make good on what justice really is. And in the meantime, he's patient. And that literally was a passage right before this one, that in our last video, right? In our last video, you had... Um, all the saints who have died, well, the holy ones, if you will, uh, all the holy ones, all the Christians, all the martyrs up in heaven in an altar asking God, how much longer do we have to wait? That was the sixth seal. No, sorry, fifth seal, right? Now we're on the sixth seal, and this is God answering that, is that the day of the Lord has, has now come. Judgment is now being poured out. And when that happens, it's like God's shaking the whole earth. The earth quakes. But it's more than just the earth. What else is getting messed up as everything's being shaken? Shaken? Stirred? <laughs> You've got the heavens getting messed up with it too, right? 
The right. sun becomes black as sackcloth, which, I mean, if a sun went By black, the way, what's, would, what's sackcloth? I mean, that would, well, I never think of sackcloth as black. So let's go ahead and take a little look at uh, sackcloth here. Sackcloth. Coarse cloth made from hair, especially of a goat. Usually dark in color and uncomfortable against bare skin. Somber in color, irritating to touch. Worn as a sign of mourning and repentance. I bet that's important too, right there. Yeah. Uh, so sackcloth, yeah, like think, uh, I think in Jonah, right? After Jonah goes and tells everyone to repent, everybody, I think, puts on sackcloth from what I remember, including the animals. <laughs> Even the animals repent. Jonah's a fun book. Everybody in, in Jonah is repentant except for Jonah, Jonah, who is <laughs> semi-repentant. By the end. The Leviathan or the whale or the big fish is more obedient to God than Jonah is. The cows that wear sackcloth are more obedient than Jonah is. The plants that grow up to shade Jonah are more obedient than Jonah is. And the worm that eats the plant to get Jonah going is more obedient <laughs> <laughs> Jonah is. Uh, but in this particular case, the whole world's falling apart. And uh, it makes sense that the sackcloth, since it's been used in mourning and repentance throughout history, that John would take that as an image for uh, for right here. The sun has been turned into a thing of mourning as well and repentance, right? But the sun, the moon, the stars, these are all cosmological objects, which we think of in ancient times as like spiritual beings. Um right. And in this part here, in uh, this reckoning, this day of judgment, guess what's getting judged? Everything. Everything. The entire cosmos. Everything above the earth, on the earth, under the earth. We just did an episode on the three-tiered system of ancient times. And here, as God steps forward to bring about judgment for his children who are asking, how much longer do we have to wait? Now the heavens themselves are being shaken, the earth's being shaken. See, the weird thing about this, mm. like, why does he mention the fig tree? Uh, fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. Like, it's like the entire heavens are happening. There's an earthquake. Hey, look, there's a fig tree. And then the others, like, it seems so out of place. Well, th think about, so I know we're urbanites. But when does fruit usually fall to the ground? Fall? Well, yeah, but usually when it's like... When it's ripe. Yeah. Well, right. right. Usually it's during the harvest. Mm. Right. Or like if a storm comes and blows it off too. I think it's interesting that like fig tree and winter fruit it's using here. Because what's more end-death-like of a season than winter when everything around you just seems like it's... Dead. Dead and falling apart, right? So he's, he's, I don't know that much about fig trees, but I'm guessing they're figs. Do we know? Do those usually bloom in winter? Let's go ahead and ask the internet. When do fig trees produce fruit? Not produce. Bear fruit? No, it would produce fruit. No, because it could start producing way sooner. Uh, some produce fruit twice a year, once in spring or summer and once in fall. So winter figs is bizarre. 
Maybe. I mean, I just did a quick Google search. Let me check one more source. I know we're flying here on to go. Uh, Where's the fig tree? Fig tree is verse 13. And of course, it's not in that particular passage. It's never where you want it to be. 613. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't find it quick enough for me to keep going down this. But I would think, like, first off, winter is probably intentional to make you think of, like, death and cold and, like, things aren't aren't surviving or thriving at the very least, right? Uh, but then wind blows in and it's shaking it. This is like an earthquake in the sky, if you will, or a tornado. Like, anything and everything, no matter its positions being shaken. Uh, and it's dropping all of it. It's like... Yeah, just fruits fall into the ground. The old world is, is coming to an end. Uh, sky vanished like a scroll that's being rolled up. Almost if you, I wonder if they're thinking of firmament in that idea. Firmament's just like right. know, the ceiling over the earth. Yeah. That feels more like you could almost... Right. Since it's like a snow globe kind of thing. Um, but everything is, is just being... It's being redone, it's being removed. All the old powers and authorities of the cosmos, because that's what stars often represented in. See, for me, the weird part is the next one is every mountain and island was removed from its place. Hmm. Like, does that mean like rising sea to where the sea swallows it? Or are we thinking more like it actually has gotten moved? Well, um, mountains represented what? Oftentimes in ancient times. Places where the gods were? Yeah. So that would make sense with the... If the stars that represent the little G gods are being wound up, and now their mountains, too, are being covered and swallowed. That all kind of works together. It's a good question about the islands. Uh, I haven't thought too much about what islands might represent to an ancient culture, but... um, where is where was the island island verse 14 yeah with the island uh i mean john's on an island on patmos as far as like what islands might represent you just mentioned like they're being swallowed up that would take us to thinking of uh floods maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, because this is uh, the bible is actually going to use the flood of of noah's time that is going to continue to be a referenced event throughout the Bible, Old and New Testament, to talk about a day of judgment that is coming. Because it's universal in that sense, right? Just as the flood covered the whole earth once upon a time, and that was a day of judgment. So that becomes a prototype of a coming... Day of judgment again. ...kind of flood, but even more so. It's a shadow of that which is coming same with sodom and gomorrah they're going to pull from flood imagery to talk about the the day of the lord they're going to pull from sodom and gomorrah because that's like a complete uh ending of s- s- this one place with sin and totality um these then become like images that the prophets and even new testament writers hang on to as yeah the day of god that's coming it will have totality it will have uh, reckoning on sin just as those ones did and it will um, it will be full and final 
So, so yeah, that's all the more reason why everybody's afraid of it. And the people who are especially afraid are, are the ones who, um, just a few scrolls ago, uh, actually several scrolls ago, were doing quite well in life, if you will. Then the kings of the earth, they're going to be afraid. Kings of the earth were the first white horse, right? Represented kind of like uh, royalty and war and uh, affliction upon um, nations. So the kings of the earth are going to be afraid. Great ones and the generals, the rich and the powerful, right? The rich and the powerful, they're the ones who aren't affected by the prices of, of uh, oil. Not oil. That one's us. No, it was oil, wasn't it? Was um, it oil? Like, oh. for lamps? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that it's still oil today? That uh, <laughs> uh, pair of scales in his hand. Uh, three quarts of barley for denarius. Do not harm the oil and wine. Right? So rich people did just fine. Well, poor people got poorer. But now it's the rich people here on the day of the Lord that are finding themselves afraid um, so all these people in these other um, seals seals that were doing quite fine are now the ones who are freaking out. Do we just crack a code, you guys? Well, it almost <laughs> seems to me like those who benefited from the four horsemen mm. yeah. are the ones that are now cowering in fear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm curious if the generals can be related at all to the second horseman where um, society is now in like civil war with itself. Maybe, maybe not. And then the last one was, well, okay, so it, it does talk about, you know, the rich and powerful, but it also does want to make the point that like nobody gets out of this because uh, then it goes it on to say, everyone, yeah. and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves. So, um it is trying to be clear, like, it's it's not just, like, a day of judgment for those who lived quite well. It's a day of judgment for anyone who's not finding themselves encompassed within Jesus, because the wrath of the Lamb is against those who are committing sin, regardless of their socioeconomic status. Um, so, yeah, the day, the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? It's a... Uh, a terrifying image to some extent unless you're in jesus uh if you're in jesus the terrifying image is that you might get murdered for that you know like that's revelation a lot this is what i find interesting with everyone who gets hung up on the rapture ideology that is not in revelation at all by the way um it is in it there's a feeling of it in thessalonians but it's not in revelation uh but people hang on to that so tightly to try to be like, oh, when everything goes real bad, we Christians, we're just going to get out of here. Things will be good for us. It's like, no, these letters were written to Christians to keep saying be faithful because you're going to go through some of this too. Um, you mean we get to just peace out and leave? I mean, that's why people have hung on to the rapture theology for so long because it feels very pleasant. And in some ways, you can understand why, um, especially for like, uh, sometimes when you look at the hymns written uh, by African Americans back in the times of slavery, like there's a lot of rapture theology there. Why? Because life on earth was always grim. You were a slave, you were abused, you were beaten. So like, who wouldn't want rapture theology? Like, 
this earth has sucked. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to come back here. <laughs> Peace know. out. I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, it's ironic that so many people who deal with first world problems have also latched onto that same like thing. Like, this world's been great. I'm never coming back. There's something even better beyond this. You know, it's like, man. <laughs> but like, Jesus wants even this to be redeemed for us to come back here and live here in this new heaven, new earth type thing. So uh, here is where everything is falling apart, but it's falling apart so it can be put back together. Um, earth power is falling apart. Heavenly power is falling apart. Jesus is putting everything in its place. Uh, and Jesus actually prophesied this uh, himself when he was here, and I'm sure John's working off of that to some extent. Uh, I want to look at that passage right before we close. First off, John's pulling from Isaiah, because Isaiah's going to talk about how mountains are melting and uh, the sky's being rolled up and all that. So as always, John's throwing verses in a blender, but... Uh, Jesus talked about the end times as well. Just need to remember where the passage is, Matthew 24. Jesus talks a lot in this passage. We don't have time to read the whole thing. I mean, this is like... Oh, yeah. This is the most... Red text This is the most, everywhere. like, amount of red text since the Sermon on the Mount where he talks for three chapters. Right. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he starts off by talking about the signs of the end of the age. Um... And he talks about things that we've already seen in Revelation. They'll deliver you up tribulation. They'll put you to death. You'll be hated by everyone for my name. Uh, so Jesus already hits on kind of things that's been written to the churches in his letters in Revelation, right? Uh, and then he's going to talk about the abomination of desolation, which is a reference back to Daniel. Um, and was actually something that I think they understood what Jesus was talking about in by the time Matthew had written this. Um, so this isn't, I don't think this is something to come. I think it's something that already happened. Uh, but Jesus will talk about there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until now. No, and will never be. So this day of the Lord, again, this isn't just a flood. This isn't just Sodom and Gomorrah. This is like the day of judgment of all days of judgment. Uh, Pray that your, oh, and alas for women who are pregnant, for those who are nursing infants in those days. He brings that up a lot when he's talking about the end times. Pray that your flight may not be a winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until now. No, and will never be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. For the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. So, uh, Jesus is even saying, like, these days will be really, really hard, uh, but because God doesn't want it to be any harder on his children than it has to be. <laughs> Is that supposed to be flight as in the fight or flight definition of the word? It's more like everything's falling apart and people are going to be running for the hills. Type right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just because I was like, they didn't have air travel back then. It no. couldn't have been an airplane flight. Like... No, it's like run, run. Yeah. Um. There's going to be false prophets coming. And Jesus goes on to say some uncomfortable things. But here you go. Matthew 24, 29. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. Stars will fall from heaven. The powers of heaven will be shaken. There's that earthquake feeling again, right? 
Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that the summer is near. Uh, so also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Uh, we already did an episode on, like, if Jesus said this generation won't pass away, what's taking so long, go check out the beginning of our series on Revelation for that episode if you have questions on that. Um, but more or less, like, Jesus right here, like, you can see John's pulling from all the same Old Testament prophecies that John's probably very easily also pulling from Jesus right here. Um, referencing the other. Referencing all the old stuff, yeah. Uh, but uh, the wrath of the Lamb that is to come, for Jesus, that is the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven uh, with power and great glory. And then the angels start pulling all the uh, uh, Christians, everyone who's following God, the elect, from all the different places across the whole earth. And that's kind of where you get your rapture ideology again, but not really. Which we might have to get into next. <laughs> <laughs> Because, again, I was going to hit on the rapture at some point in our series on Revelation. This seems like the best spot to do it. Yeah, because there's nothing naturally in Revelation <laughs> yeah. that really points towards a rapture. So that will be our next episode, uh, and uh, we'll get there. But in the meantime... Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. And you can join us on the Discord. And you'll catch that link down there, too. See you then. Perfect.